0: As usual, the subtitles will be on the screen behind me. <laughs> Today's readings from Galatians 3 1 to 9. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly executed as crucified. The only thing I want to learn from you is this. Did you receive the Spirit by doing the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? Have you started with the Spirit? Are you now ending with the flesh? Did you experience so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Well then, does God supply you with the Spirit and work miracles among you by your doing the works? or the law, or by you believing what you heard. Just as Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, so, you see, those who believe are descendants of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would reckon as righteous the Gentiles by faith, declared the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, all the Gentiles shall be blessed in you. For this reason, those who believe are blessed with Abraham who believed. Thank you. Do you know he's French?
1: (laughs) (laughs) the worst French accent I've ever heard in my life. You ever had something that has been told to you that is so simple, your brain just wants to make it more complicated it's like you you can't believe that something is that simple this is kind of what's going on with Paul's letter to the Galatians here um, the last two weeks uh, we, we've been re- reading Paul's letter to the Galatians it's a, a group of uh, uh, new believers they're 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 pagans they're they're Gentiles they're they're not Jewish people Paul has started this church in Galatia He's got it up and running, things are looking pretty well, he goes away to start a new church and some religious leaders come in and they tell the Galatians that are new to this faith that in order to have this faith, that's fine, but they have to become Jewish, they have to follow uh, Torah, they have to be circumcised and all of this kind of stuff. And it's good to believe that that by the time that uh, Paul has heard this news, uh, he. By the time it's reached Paul, where he's at, by the time Paul has written the letter and sent it back to them, it's a good guess that a lot of the Galatians have actually fallen for some of this and that people are getting circumcised. That's why there's such an urgency to Paul's letter here. That's why he's using language that is, you fools, you know, why are you doing this? Paul was always sweet. He used to write for Hallmark Cards, but um, he uh, is angry here. He's, he's urgent and he's angry because he wants to make sure that the record is set straight. And the last two weeks we talked about the argument that he was having with the disciples who were still struggling with whether or not a pagan coming into the faith did have to follow Jewish law or if it was, uh, you know, this is a, an offshoot of it and all of this kind of stuff. What, what, what do we do here? And now he's turning his letter to the people that he sent it to, the Galatians themselves. And he is saying, why don't you understand this? Why don't you understand that it is not about becoming Jewish? Now, before I I go on here, I do want to emphasize once again, this is not a Gentile versus Jew kind of thing. For years, this language like this has been used in a very hurtful and harmful way. Uh, Paul was a very proud Jewish person. Jesus was a very proud Jewish person. The early churches were filled with Jewish people that felt like this was an answer of prophecy and things like that. They're just trying to work out the logistics. And in the mix of this, there are some folks that are spreading some false falsehoods and things like that that have gotten Paul a little bit irked. And they're saying things about Paul, Paul's saying things about them. Uh, friction in the church, who, who would have thought? But the, um, what's happening here is that Paul, first off, is trying to tell them That this is not just a whim. This is not something that he has just made up to just invite more people into the church. That this, the idea of the uh, Jewish Christian faith expanding to other communities, other ethnicities, all of that, was written in scripture way before any of them were ever born. He, He starts to quote, Abraham, who at the time was named Abram. Abram was like Paul, changed his name after an encounter with God, Abram, Abraham. But he started to quote him because Abraham is considered the father of our faith. Uh, the, 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 the Jews, uh, that, that was the thing that started it all, the monotheistic God, one God, all of this kind of stuff. And this is where um, uh, God approaches Abraham and says, I'm going to start this community with you. And this community is gonna branch out. And a lot of folks, that's where the Jewish faith, the Hebrew, the Israelites, that's where that started. That's the family right there. And a lot of folks for many years thought that that was just them. Paul points out in his letter in this part here that no, Abraham was even, this is like many, many years before. He quotes Genesis 12.3. We actually, we actually covered uh, Genesis and the story of Abraham uh, many years ago, we, we should probably bring that back sometime. But what he says here is, I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in all of the families of the earth, all of them will be blessed in you. All of them. Meaning that what Paul is saying is, look, guys, when this faith thing was actually getting started, God was telling Abraham that this will branch out to all families of the earth. That's a lot. Everybody was going to be part of this faith. You know, everybody. And this is, a lot of people, they look at the Old Testament and they think, well, God made some mistakes with Abraham and didn't get it right, so he brought Jesus in. Paul's argument is no. God knew what he was doing from the beginning, and this is proof that what he was doing from the beginning was he was starting here, and it was going to branch out to everybody. He goes on and quotes Genesis 155 6. He brought him outside and said, look toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to count them. You ever been outside, like not in the city, and looked up on a star-filled day? It's, it's, it's awe-inspiring. It is just amazing. He looks at there and he says, so shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned to him as righteousness. That's the important part. That's the part that Paul is trying to bring home right there. You see, this passage here, shortly after this, God makes this covenant, this deal with Abraham at this time. He creates this image of uh, uh, sacrifices, and in in the the image of a flame, he walks through this. And what he's telling Abraham is that, I will be the sacrifice. Uh, In a world where Abraham knew about animal sacrifices stuff, God is already pointing out, there will be a time that I will be that sacrifice for you and it's because you believed. It's not because Abraham was this special guy. It's not because he was doing all this stuff. It wasn't conditional on Abraham's behavior. That's the point that Paul's trying to drive through. It was the condition that Abraham believed. Because he believed, God said it was righteous. It was justified. That was when that deal was made. God said, I'm going to do stuff. The only reason that you're a part of this is because you believe in it. And that was as simple sounding as it could be. And we've struggled with that ever since. Now, the Galatians at this time, if you were a Galatian, if you were a pagan, this was something new to you. You're entering into this new faith, this new thing to you. But you see that this has had, this has had history to it. People have been part of this faith for thousands of years. This is a huge thing. They, they have Torah. They know all this stuff. So when you come into this, Learning about Jesus and learning this stuff—you're learning some of this stuff for the first time—and it can be a little bit intimidating. It can be a little scary. You—I you, don't know if anybody has ever experienced insecurity at all. I, 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 you know, in, insecurity—it means unsecure. You know, it means not okay with what you what you are. I—I I have always, uh, all my life—that's the one thing that I've really struggled with. There's been many things that I've struggled with, but that's the, the, the big thing. Uh, I always look at it as um, my security is like somebody taking a, a, a wine glass, a very fragile wine glass, and putting it right on the edge of the table. And it looks secure, but just the slightest nudge, and that thing will fall and stain the carpet and break into a thousand pieces. That's where I feel like my security is sometimes. And that's exactly where the Galatians were feeling at this time, too. They were new to this faith. They didn't know what was going on. And so by the time that Paul gets this letter, they're already following what they feel they're told to do because they're not sure. They're not sure. Their whole life, they have been referred to by the very people that they're now sharing worship with as sinners. And not sinners because of an action, sinners because of who they are. It was not a claim of an action. It was a noun. You are a sinner because you are not one of the chosen ones. So imagine that you're coming into a church where you're already an outcast. You're already part of the people that no one wanted anything to do with. You're starting this new faith that they're saying is simple. All you got to do is believe God loves you. And then you have other people saying, no, it's not that simple. If you want to be part of this, you better become more like us. So that's what's going on here. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine people making this kind of thing conditional? And being insecure about church? Now, I, I know I've mentioned this before, but I was not always a, uh, a churchy Christian guy. We, we didn't, I mean, we, we, growing up, we identified ourselves as Christians, but that was just so we can get presents at Christmas. We didn't, we didn't have, you know, uh, a, a lot of faithful practice, you know. So I, I, don't, I, I don't know what it's like to grow up in the church. I, I don't know anything, you know, uh, other than a few moments in my life. But there was a time in my life uh, when I was an adult that um, I had, the, the only thing I can uh, come close to saying, it was a, a spiritual awakening. It, it was a, a moment where I really felt the presence of God. And it was a boom, and I wanted to be more about this. I wanted to know more about what it meant to be a Christian but I was so insecure about it. You know, I thought, okay, I can be a Christian, but gosh, you know, you look around and I look at people that identified themselves as Christians and they really looked like they had it all together. You know, they, they looked like they had it going on. They were always, you know, smiling awkwardly, you know, and just it was just <laughs> this cool, you know. And I, I went to a couple of churches and the churches were just, extravagant. You know, I didn't know what church to go to. I had uh, no denomination context or anything like that. I just went to churches that looked full or busy or whatever. And the churches I went to, I noticed that before you went into the worship area, they had like stuff for sale, t-shirts and hats and, you know, mugs with witty sayings on it. And, uh, you know, the the Jesus bumper sticker and all of that kind of stuff and, and all of that kind of stuff. It was just all part of the uh, the, the sales stuff. And I thought, okay, that must be what Christianity is really all about. I was so insecure about being Christian that I felt like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I better look the part. And so I, th- at this time, there was a Christian store that had just kind of started to open up in Lincoln. And you walk in there and they've got all the stuff, you know, the sayings and, and, and everything. And so I went in there and I bought a lot of stuff because i thought that this is what being a christian is all about you know they had the t-shirts you know i bought this one t-shirt that had uh, jesus you know he was really buff and he's carrying this cross and it said bench press this you know and i thought okay <laughs> you know i this is me i'm a christian now you know and i bought a jesus hat i bought the jesus fish you know that that goes uh, under your car once you put that on your car, it's staying, by the way, because you're going to rip paint off if you try to take that thing off. But it's, you know, I had all of the stuff. I had the, 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 the cups, you know, that said coffee and Jesus, you know, and all of this, you know, kind of stuff and, and the, the signs and everything. And my apartment immediately started to look like you know, uh, evangelical came in and just vomited on my, you know, everything. It was just full of art and things like that. And I thought, this is what being a Christian is all about. So I just, I bought everything. I wanted to, I found myself wanting to almost pretend to be Christian because in my heart, I didn't really feel like I was. I didn't feel like I was those people, you know, because those people just seemed like they're the ones that are loved by God. I'm not loved by God, so I better look like I'm loved by God. Maybe if I look like I'm loved by God, I'll, I'll maybe believe it. So I'm going to look like what they're doing. And they were buying all the shirts and the stuff. And they had the books, you know, with the, the, the title was written small because it was uh, the, the whole cover was taken by the image of the author, you know, saying, you know, five steps to a better you, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. And I had those things. And then someone told me about Christian music. Now, at the time, there was no Caleb. There was no, you know, radio stations. And, and, and this kind of Christian music was just kind of starting out a little bit, a little bit. And I was listening at the time to um, James Taylor, um, Joni Mitchell, uh, uh, Carol King, you know, singer-songwriters, just powerful words and everything. And, but I went to the store, and at the, you couldn't test the music out. You had to buy, you know, they had cassettes. And so I bought just cassettes that I thought looked good. You know, I had no idea what I was doing, but I thought, you know, being a Christian, they listen to Christian music. I better buy Christian stuff. You know, I I got the posters, I got the T-shirts, I got the hat now, I got the bumper sticker, I got the stuff on the walls. Now I better buy the music. So I put it into my car, and I play it, and it was awful. (laughs) It it was, I mean, there's good music out there, but this was not it. You know, you went from, you know, You've got a friend by Carol King to, you know, snapping with Jesus, you know, and you just earworm stuff that just got into your head, but had no substance or anything. And I thought, you know, my heart, I thought, I don't like this, but I still have to listen to it because that's what being a Christian's all about. And so I c- continued to try to listen to it. And I would buy more of this stuff, hoping to find the holy grail of Christian music only to have more things. I mean, there's some songs that I still can't get out of my head. And this is many years ago. So I've got the, I've got the T-shirt, I've got the hats, I've got the bumper stickers, I've got the, the cups with the witty saying on it, you know, I've, I've got the music now. And now I start to buy, uh, I go into the Christmas, and they've got for sale these little, memor- these kind of statue things. You know, it's medieval knights. And on it, it says, you know, the armor of God. You know, I thought, oh, well, I better have that because that's, you know, it's on sale and it's on the front and everybody's buying it. I have no idea what it means because I had never read anything about it and I didn't know what it meant about first what first century Jesus had to do with medieval, you know, soldiers but I bought it and I had it in my house. So you go into my house and now you see you know, things on the wall, Jesus hugging a lamb, you know, and all of this kind of stuff and the shirts and everything, bench press this, the bumper sticker, everything like that. And just really bad music playing in the background, you know, and I burnt myself out. I got so much stuff. I did so many things. Uh, but that spiritual awakening moment it never grew because I was just too insecure. I wanted to look like a Christian. I didn't know what it meant to be one. And I guess this is where you would call um, maybe, I don't know, deconstructing. or But I did a total recoil. I was so burnt out by the stuff that I found myself just not wanting anything to do with it. And I went back to listening to James Taylor and Joni Mitchell and not going to any of the churches. I got rid of all the stuff. And my faith went nowhere. But then there was this moment where I started thinking about that, that initial time. And I thought, what was I doing when this happened? And I was praying, just praying. It was so simple. So I just started doing that again. I just started praying. And then I started, instead of reading the, bio, the, the books with the, the people and their faces on it and the five steps and whatever, I, I started picking up the Bible and just reading it. And I, I found it quite interesting. I delved into, I wanted to learn more about it. I started to delve into the history of it, and the context, and the different translations. And I wanted to to learn. And I felt the more that I did that, the more I prayed, that faith started to grow again. And it was different this time. It, It was more sincere. It was real. It wasn't about how I looked to other people or how I compared myself to other people. It wasn't about whether I had the right shirt or the thing. It was just about a relationship with Christ, a personal, simple relationship with Christ. I realized then that it wasn't something that I had to purchase. It's something I just had to believe. And that's what's happening with the Galatians At this point in time they're surrounded by things conditions of what they have to do and they're insecure enough to think that they have to do everything that is around them and Paul says you guys that's foolish since the time this faith was first introduced to people It's been about simply believing. The more we believe that Christ loves us, the more that we believe that Christ loves us, the less it becomes about things, and the more it becomes about faith, and grace, and love me a while to reach that now before people attack me I, I there's christian songs that are great there there are it's it's really grown and and it the the, the industry and uh i've I, there are, there are songs that i i i i love uh there's books that i love uh i have some christian art in my house right now i went to jesus christ uh, superstar i bought the t-shirt because I just love that show. Um, But those are now an echo of my faith, not a definition of it. The definition of my faith is free. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, help us to understand what, what deep and simple really means. That just believing in you, accepting you, Walking with you is what builds our faith. It's not about how we look to others. It's about our relationship with you and what that does to us and how it changes us. Help us to remember that and grow from there. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. You know, I, I don't, I really do want to stress, I mean, we have, we've, we've given away cups here, we have uh, t-shirts, uh, people buy music, they buy things that, uh, that they feel, feel good about, and, and I'm not, I hope that you don't walk away here thinking that I'm saying, don't buy anything with Jesus' face on it. It's really just about the motive. It's about what drives us. It's about being secure in knowing that Christ loves us. And it took me a while before I could even go back into a church. And luckily, the church that I ended up going back to, I found enough flawed people that I fit right in. (laughs) I learned that people were not perfect in churches, that they were flawed, that they are insecure, that all of us are struggling to try to fit in. All of us feel like an outcast at one time or another, and all of us are loved by God. That's why we're here. That's why we keep going.